Chonerds, this is Nicole Desain. Welcome to Talent Tales, the show where I interview leaders who have brought design thinking to their talent and HR practices. In today's episode, we have a special guest on the show. I'm joined by Kelly Koshman, who is the VP of People at Citra City. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you. So excited to be here, Nicole. So, Kelly, who are you and what's your story? Ah, okay. Yeah, I am Kelly. I am... Um, have been in the HR and talent space for almost 20 years now. So super excited uh, when I joined uh, Disrupt HR Chicago and learned the practice of design thinking, which I am super energized by and excited to talk about today. Great, so Kelly, tell us, what's your creative superpower? Okay, yeah, Uh, Nicole said, being a good artist doesn't matter, so apologies for this. Um, but I'm trying to represent here my open mind um, and a heart in the center, which is to reflect empathy, which I think is really important in the uh, field of people and in design thinking. So those are my creative superpowers. So it's a little picture of you and your heart circled. The heart yeah. and then the head is like open, right? So yeah. open-minded. Oh, yeah. So not brain surgery open, but like open mind. <laughs> Exactly. Awesome. I didn't awesome. want to sever the head because I thought that'd be a little gory. <laughs> it's not even Halloween. So that's awesome. I love the creativity there. And, uh, you know, just a reminder, everybody, you don't have to be great artists to do these little exercises and, you know, have fun with it. Right. So um, it's awesome. So Kelly, tell us a little bit more about how you discovered design thinking and how you've applied it at Sitter City. Yeah. So my mentor here is none other than Nicole herself. Um, <laughs> so really fun. I, um, when I moved into the tech industry, I discovered there's a million great meetups for people in tech. And so people are really all about sharing ideas. Um, and Disrupt HR was one of the events that I found. And certainly it doesn't only serve tech, but there are a lot of tech folks there. And um, in that practice, we would do a design thinking hackathon. Um, And so every time in doing that, I kind of learned how to facilitate and to bring that into my practice at Sitter City. So we've done um, several design thinking exercises now, and I think it is always super energizing. Um, And we specifically um, have a consistent practice of doing them following our inclusion survey, which we um, launched through Culture Amp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so two things I want to talk about. So HR Hackathon is mm-hmm. uh, HR Hackathon Alliance, and we're actually in five cities. So Chicago's the first one. We are also in Dallas, Denver, Atlanta, and we just kicked off LA. So woo! for you guys, yes, woo! For you guys who are interested in attending one of these ideation sessions, you know, uh, in those cities, if you want to host one in a new city, let me know. Um, so want to dive in on a little bit um, what you mentioned around diversity, because I know uh, so you've applied HR hackathons slash design thinking to diversity and inclusion at Sitter City. Can you tell us a little bit more how you've done it, what you've seen, how has it worked, what's been the response, and just talk us through a little bit. Yeah, sure. So I can talk about the, the first time we did it. Um, so I, as I mentioned, we always start with data. So we launch an inclusion survey. And then from that, we take a look at the data and pick one area to deep dive into. So our last one was, um, um, I can voice a contrary opinion without fear of negative consequences. And we noticed that the score for that question was much lower for women. 
And we are 60% women, 40% men. We have 50% women at the leadership team level. So we, we were like, that is not acceptable. Let's do a deep dive into that and figure out how can we change this? Um, and so we did a design thinking exercise. We broke the whole company out into small groups and team members from our diversity, equity, and inclusion team facilitated those small groups. Um, and I'm so excited to report that our retest uh, or our next survey data, we improved um, by 10 points on that score. Um, and that was really due to one of the prototypes that came out of design thinking, which was to, to have a community contract in each of our conference rooms. So from that prototype, we fleshed it out. And now those are in every conference room and they really remind people to, you know, notice their own behavior in a meeting and lean in if they're one that doesn't typically contribute, try to, you know, hold back and let others contribute if you tend to dominate conversations. And really other commitments like uh, make sure to follow up with someone within 24 hours if something said bothered you or agree to let it go and always go to the source. We don't want gossip and things flowing through many levels of people and getting twisted. So that is super exciting outcome is that we improved our score by 10 points from that design thinking exercise. Mm -hmm. So community contract sounds like a sort of meeting guidelines that you created. Is that correct? Yeah, it's meeting norms and really it's everyone's responsibility to hold each other accountable. And it's awesome because people are always um, like saying, hey, can we take a minute at the beginning of a meeting to refresh ourselves with our community contract? Or we have some new people in the room, let's remind ourselves. And people really embrace it. Um, and it always also encourages um, you to play devil's advocate. So we don't want just group think. We want people to challenge and have healthy debate and constructive debate. So it does all of those things. Mm -hmm. So how have you, so it sounds like, so you use data um, to get initial insights mm -hmm. and then use hackathons to ideate, it sounds like, by inviting employees into the, into the ideation or how did that work? Yeah, so we actually have a catered team lunch every Wednesday and we we'll do like a boxed lunch and then immediately break out into small groups. The most recent design thinking exercise we did in one and a half hours where people are eating, ideating and prototyping and then coming back together at the end to do their 30 second elevator pitch with a newsflash template mm -hmm. and then do sticker voting um, right away. Mm -hmm. And so you said you prototype the community guidelines. How did you prototype that? So once we have the results in from our vote on best prototype, then we just invite whoever wants to be part of a smaller group to further build it out to, mm -hmm. to come together. And then in a couple of sessions, we iterate and, and finalize something for rollout. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really fast process. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. Tell us a little bit about the timeline for all of this. Yeah. So let's see. Um, I would say within... I always, when we're doing survey data, I always want to do a share back within the next two weeks after the survey's finalized. Um, so we did a share back to our diversity, equity, and inclusion team. We decided on a question to focus on. And then we do, um, I guess I would call it like a training design thinking exercise where we're really simulating the same thing that the facilitators will all be responsible for. Mm -hmm. um, and then we roll it out within um, a few days after that. So I would say three weeks total to go from data to um, rolling out a, a prototype. 
that's amazing. That's like super rapid. Um, And it's kind of interesting because sometimes I get people are worried that design thinking will take longer Mm. because you do take a step back, right? You don't jump into solutions right away. You do look at the data. Um, You do ideate and you do prototypes. So sometimes people think, will that kind of throw off our timeline? But really, um, it's more agile, right? Uh, And it's even if you invest maybe more time, a little bit more time up front, as you go through the entire process, it ends up being less time and also less rework, right? Because people were part of it instead of, you know, we designed something and shoving it down down people's throats, right? Um, So in addition to the, so you mentioned the survey scores went up. What else, like, have you gotten feedback from employees that have been part of it? What have you heard from people who were part of the process? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's um, such a great point, Nicole. It's it's oftentimes in, the HR org, we can think we're, we have to shoulder the responsibility of coming up with all the great ideas and then like shipping them. But your point about bringing people along with you is a huge change management technique. Mm-hmm. And I think another benefit and feedback we've heard is that um, it's really a way to grow talent in place as well. So the mm-hmm. people who raise their hand to say, I want to facilitate a small group. Um, they get some training that they can take with them. They get visibility and they get to exercise and flex their leadership muscles, even though they may be in an individual contributor role. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing people love. And I think also working with a group you don't normally necessarily work with. So these are, we use a randomizer and put together like cross-functional groups that may not work together on a day-to-day basis. And we're thoughtful about not having too much senior leadership in any one group. Um, And so I think people really enjoy that and think it's fun. And then they also get to carry on and be part of implementing one of the ideas afterwards. And so they're, again, continuing to show leadership to raise their hand for something they're passionate about. Um, Most recently, we dug into the question of belonging. Um, our, Our most recent survey results and we explored the question, how might we increase the sense of belonging at Sitter City? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the ideas that we're prototyping, which is so fun, is doing um, Sitter City TEDx, where oh. you can't yeah. talk about work, but like an idea worth spreading. So it's mm-hmm. really like, how do we show more of who we are, um, share our passions, and like be creative about presenting an idea? And practice getting in front of a group of people, practice talking in front of a group, practice having visuals. So Mm -hmm. tons of fun um, comes out of this and people feel really energized and empowered, Mm -hmm. which I think then translates back to the everyday work. Yeah, that's awesome. And you mentioned, so Sudo City has 50 employees at this point and you are HR department of one. So what do you see the benefits of using design thinking for HR in a small organization like that? It's huge. Um, So it can feel very lonely and isolating um, to be a department of one. But if you really shift your thinking to like, I have 50 culture Mm -hmm. talent partners, um, Mm -hmm. design thinking really makes that possible. And in in a really efficient way, I think, I think that's a huge piece of design thinking to your point earlier, like how rapid you can do this. You know, I think many of us work in organizations where time is really tough to get. Um, but if you think about this and if this is a structured hour and a half that we're going to pull a team together and produce something really impactful, um, it becomes possible. And so 
removing that burden for me of I have to come up with all the ideas to make our organization the most inclusive and best place to work is very freeing. Um, and it, it's just fun to like have the team come up with these ideas and then make them possible. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I uh, just want to remind everybody, please put your questions for Kelly in the chat and we'll get to them at the end of the interview. Um, so people are usually curious also about barriers. So as you brought design thinking to the organization, what barriers maybe did you um, encounter initially and how did you overcome them? Mm. I think fear is always one of the biggest barriers. Um, so when you're starting or trying something new, it's like, oh, how is this going to go? Like, will this work? But I think um, in just learning design thinking facilitation, you just kind of embrace like agility and whatever is going to happen is going to happen and just go into it with a mindset of fun. Um, so I think that, and like I already mentioned time, you know, taking a whole organization's time can feel um, impossible, I think. And I think when you think about scaling and this for larger organizations, you certainly don't have to pull everyone in. Um, you can invite people in who, who may want to get more involved. And that is a, a totally um, good solution to work around that. I don't think I had a lot of other barriers other than like getting facilitators. Um, mm -hmm. That's another one. But I think if you practice, that was the, the learning that I had. I had created a facilitator guide. Um, and it was the group who told me, hey, we'd really like to practice this before we do it. Um, so I think, again, always just being a great listener and asking the team that now I just check in with my facilitator group and I say, is there anything else you need to be ready to do this? And then they'll tell me what they need. So this is interesting. Um, follow up question on the facilitators. So who are these facilitators? How did you select them? How do you train them? Can you give us a little bit more detail around that? Um, they're usually volunteers, although I did pull in a couple people from product um, who naturally do this kind of thing in the, in the nature of their role. Um, but people raise their hand and they say, I'll do it. So they're largely from our diversity, equity, and inclusion team. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they really like getting the practice. And so um, creating a facilitator guide, which gives everything they need in a slide deck to run the program in a very you know, time oriented way, and then um, running through an actual design thinking exercise on the question that they'll be facilitating on. Mm -hmm. And I think that helps too, because then they can help a group that's stuck kind of get unstuck or help with themes. Um, and really, that's all they need to be ready to roll. Mm -hmm. And then are they, how do you organize this? Are they like self organized? So whenever they invite people and do like a, a hackathon or is it like, you know, uh, you know, Tuesday at 10 AM, we all like all the facilitators get together and do a hackathon. And then what comes out of that, we move to the next phase. How do you like logistically manage this? Yeah. I never thought about just like having groups do it on their own time. Um, so we do the facilitated organization of the whole group. Mm -hmm together mm -hmm. and the nice thing about that is that um, we all come back together to share the ideas real time so at the mm -hmm. end of okay. hour and 20 minutes you're all coming together everybody's got energy they're excited to share their idea and pitch it and mm -hmm. then we vote right away so I think I like the orchestration of everyone at the mm -hmm. same time because then you get that whole org energy flowing yeah yeah very cool 
Um, tell us a little bit, what's your favorite design thinking resource or hack? Ah, hmm. I think one we just piloted this last go round is called Miro. Um, and, and that was great to incorporate our remote team members. So we put all our remote team members in one group um, and invited them all to a Miro board, which is a tool where you can create little cute post-it notes in different colors and then the facilitator can group them together, can write on the board and then you can do your um, news flash right in that template. So that was cool. We had not used that tool before and I think it helped our remote group feel kind of more connected and part of it. Yeah. Um, so, so just to, to clarify for the people on yeah. the call who might not know it. So Miro and Mural and others, there's various um, tools that you can use to facilitate remote design thinking sessions. So think, you know, post-it notes, but on a virtual flip chart. Yeah. That was super cool. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, so ha um, have you done that once or? Yeah, that was the first time we piloted that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was a suggestion that came out of our product team. Yeah, that's great. So you do that at the same time that the other groups do it and the virtual team just uses the uh, virtual tool. Yeah, so they're in their own hangout um, working mm -hmm. together on Miro in the same mm -hmm. um, project. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So in summary, um, and again, please put your questions in the chat. Um, anything you want to know from Kelly, now is the time. Um, so before we jump into questions, um, what tips do you have for those who want to get started with human-centered design and applying it to human resources? Yeah, I think go to one of the HR Hackathon Alliance events, um, take a course and just empower yourself with the confidence to get started and then start with a small group, right? Because I think that's the best way to get over you know, the fear of doing something like this, start with a small group and ask for a pilot and just see what happens. Mm -hmm. So apply sort of an experimentation mindset to this process. Yeah. And does that help, do you think? Because you mentioned fear initially as a barrier. Mm -hmm. Where does the fear come in and how do you overcome that? Yeah, I mean, I think if you haven't done it before, it can be, um, it can feel like a lot to bring some new tool to the table and then be afraid it's not going to go well or people aren't going to come up with ideas. Um, and so that's why I think it's very helpful to go to one of the um, orchestrated events and practice there because that get, then gives you the confidence to do, to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just uh, for those of you on the phone who want to check it out, you can find us at hrhackathonalliance.com. There you can find all the different chapters that we currently have. We also have a virtual community. So we get a newsletter and a Slack channel where we continue to ideate around certain ideas. So thanks for the plug, Kelly. <laughs> um, before we go into questions, I usually um, end the formal part of the interview with a quote and ask my interview partner to react to it. Are you ready? Sure, hit me. All right, quote, be curious. A good question can take you a lot farther than a quick answer, unquote. Jesse Lynn Stoner. I love that. I love that quote. I think um, 
that's just like one of my mantras is to be curious. And I think the higher you go up in leadership, the better you need to fine tune your listening skills. Um, and, and being curious can, can be just like really tuning in and listening without intent to respond. Um, and I think when you're coaching and when you're helping people grow, um, being curious and asking really powerful questions is, is really um, one of the most powerful ways to grow talent. And so I always have, like to have a really good question toolbox um, and review those before I jump into a one-on-one -on -one meeting and think about like, how can I coach this person to come to solutions on their own? So I love that quote. That's really powerful. Cool. So we'll give people a second to put their questions in the chat function. Um, in the meantime, can you tell me a little bit? I have a follow-up question. So um, Sita City obviously is a, I assume, is, is a tech company, right? So mm -hmm. maybe tell us a little bit about what you do for those people who are not familiar with it. Um, and then I'm just curious, um, are your uh, product developers using design thinking in the business already? Um, and if yes, you know, do you think that helps with understanding the method a little bit when applied to HR and talent? Mm, yeah, no, that's a great question. So Sitter City is a platform where we connect families and babysitters on our platform. We pioneered- And cat sitters. And I got my cat <laughs> sitter. <laughs> yeah. um, that's right. We can't forget our beloved pets. Mm -hmm. um, we actually pioneered technology-enabled childcare back in 2001, so we've been in this business for a long time. I love that we're connecting humans on our platform, and there's really a huge societal impact when you have a great caregiver in your life, be it for uh, children or pets. Um, and, and our product team absolutely uses design thinking, and we are always um, you know, bringing in customers and chatting with them and trying to understand like how can we make your lives easier, and how can we make our product better and, and impact our customers. So I do think that that helps a lot, A, being a small team and, a, and B, being familiar with how important it is to connect with and understand and empathize with our customers. Um, so I think that does make it easier to roll out for sure. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, we don't currently have any other questions in the chat. It sounds like it was pretty self-explanatory what you explained here. Do you have anything else you want to add that we haven't covered? It might be interesting for the group. Um, I think the only other thing I would say is um, I'd be happy to connect with anyone who's looking to get started um, and help talk about how DEI is an incredibly important place to, to use this tool. I think um, diversity, equity, and inclusion can be a very um, difficult place for people to get comfortable having tough conversations. And I think design thinking is a good way to safely surface as many ideas as possible without people worrying about like, oh, can I say this? Can I not say this? Um, and so I'd be happy to talk about that journey. We ourselves right now are, are um, diving into practicing our difficult conversation skills around the topic of white privilege and really kind of educating ourselves and, and getting into, I think you really have to get uncomfortable before you can move forward in this space. So anyway, that's currently what we're up to and I'd be happy to help um, anyone else get started on their journey. Yeah, that actually makes me curious. Um, so, cause you're right. This is probably one of the most, you know, possibly sensitive topics in addition maybe to pay, right? Mm -hmm. um, that 
or pay equity or, you know, things around that. Um, maybe mental health. Yeah, there's a lot of, <laughs> maybe there's a lot of topics though that I think about it that are sensitive, right? But that's actually a good point. Do you think that um, just using this, the method and the structure of design thinking helps in making people more comfortable or um, what have you observed in your journey, especially, I mean, you dove in right into one of the, you know, most sensitive topics really in HR uh, mm. with a method. What have you experienced? I'm kind of curious about the, around that topic, right? Have, were people in, uh, initially maybe not as open, but then they experienced it and felt safe? Or how have you created the safe space for them? Yeah, I think that creating a safe space is a really good um, point. And I think partly that's what our community contract is designed to do. So reminding people and setting those conditions when we're diving into a tough conversation and really also reinforcing that when we're talking about um, a topic like white privilege, we're talking as individual humans. We're not talking on behalf of the company. And so that's another aspect of setting a safe space. I think design thinking, you know, how we coach people, no idea is a bad idea, quantity over quality. It does make it a little bit faster to get ideas out on the table. Um, and if you really embrace, uh, we all have good intent here. We're going to mess up. We're going to um, say the wrong thing sometime. Um, I remember we had a lunchtime speaker talking about using pronouns. And if you get it wrong, you know, really just say, oops, and move on that like dwelling on the mistake is not going to move us forward. And so just kind of learning some of those behaviors and embracing those um, and setting that safe space, I think really makes it um, possible to move forward. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, thank you so much. I think this is an excellent um, case of how we can apply design thinking to so many areas in HR. And, and this is certainly an important topic. So thanks for spearheading these efforts and thanks for sharing them with us. And yes. thanks to everybody for joining us and hopefully we'll see you, see you in a, at a future Tell and Tales. Yes, Bye. thank you so much for having me, Nicole. I really appreciate it. It's fun as always. Thank you. Bye. Bye.